Welcome to Growing Up Fire with Jamie Coots. Hey everybody, welcome to Growing Up Fire, episode 14. I got the king in the house. Greg King, maintenance coordinator for the Lester Slay Regional Fire Service. Good friend of mine. Um, we've been working in the fire service uh, for quite a few years now. And so, uh, Greg, thanks for coming, buddy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This is uh, it's a pretty interesting thing to do. You appreciate it, I bet. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so you and I have known each other for a few years now. And uh, maintenance coordinator, right? So when I was still with Slave, we hired you on. And uh, I can always still remember we're going through all these applications. And of course, it's lots of firefighters that want to get on the fire department, but do it through maintenance. And yours was just flat out, I'm a mechanic. I want to come and help you guys out. So do you remember that day? Do you remember what it was like? I do remember what it was like. I, uh, I had come in for my, my interview and it, it was it was very intimidating. It was very tough. It was a lot of big questions, a lot of unknowns for me. I, I knew I was going to have lots, lots to learn, but I knew that I was determined and I was going to provide whatever I could for the service. And I think that's what we really loved about you is that you didn't talk a lot about being a firefighter and all of those things is you just wanted to, right? I'll support the team. You know, it was kind of that, that mantra. So a little backstory on you that people got to know, right? Got out of high school, went through the program, uh, started fixing Cadillacs, right? So t talk a little bit about the Cadillacs because I love that. Okay. Yeah. I've uh, worked at a Cadillac dealership for 16 years and, uh, it, it, they're very tough vehicles to work on. There's lots going on in them. They're very unique and uh, beautiful cars, and I absolutely love them. But it's a big change going from Cadillacs to fire trucks. <laughs> you mean they're not the exact same? No, no, they're not. They're, yeah, no. <laughs> so, so it's kind of cool. You're you're in the big TO, yeah, Toronto, and uh, you're fixing all of these Cadillacs. And then uh, somebody comes from Slave Lake out there to say, hey, you guys are. Uh, changing around your dealership and we want to hire some of your mechanics and you end up in Slave Lake, Alberta. Yeah, I ended up in Slave Lake. I made a decision with me and my wife and we had one child at the time and uh, we wanted to start new somewhere else, a beautiful country. And I came out here and just fell in love with the town and the people. And so Never. Toronto and Slave Lake, I mean, almost the same, basically, except for a few people here and there. Yeah, so yeah, a little bit, <laughs> little bit less population. It, it does take a couple of years to get used to that. <laughs> but I mean, one's on a big lake, another one's on a big lake. I mean, other than that, it's kind of the same, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you roll into this dealership in town here and you start uh, fixing GMCs, right? Pickups and cars and all the whole gamut of things. And your wife runs for council, right? So she's on council. So she's probably at home talking about all kinds of council things. And the fire department's looking for a maintenance guy. So what does she say to you? What? How does that conversation go? She had mentioned to me that there was uh, an opportunity at the fire hall. They're looking for a maintenance technician and um, thought maybe I might be interested. So I, her and I talked about it a little bit and I was actually pretty interested in it to my surprise. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I met with I met with you and we kind of went through some stuff, what it kind of what it could be like if I got the job and uh, spent a couple hours with me. You were real thorough with me and it was kind of scary, but also I was really looking forward to the challenge. So that visit to the fire hall, do you think that was the first time where your brain really kind of said, this might work. I actually could work on these things. And Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We didn't scare you off. No, no, it didn't scare me off. No, <laughs> it uh 
it was ra rather exciting. Right on. So you come to the interview, we do all the interviews and, and I know one of my questions or biggest my comment is always like, you're never going to keep up to me. I'm a busy guy, but your job is to try and keep up to me at the fire service. Um, that didn't scare you off. You didn't think that that was a. Nope. That didn't scare me off a bit. I've always been a, a hardworking, determined kind of guy and I wasn't scared. Right on. So we don't work together anymore. You can be honest now, Greg, no one's here. Just you and me here. Did you keep up to me? Uh, no, no, <laughs> I, I, I don't think anybody can keep up to you. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did. You, you give her the old college try so many times. And uh, just before this, we were talking about all those great conversations, right? So I remember like the, the first three months, it's not really fair. Um, you know, you're just up to your ass and alligators constantly. But after that, we started to have these great conversations about what the maintenance plan looks like in the schedule. And, and uh, you know, I think after the first three months, the shock and awe of it all, you start to have these great conversations but but i want to just back up to your very i think it was your first week might have been close to your end of your first week we get a call motel downtown's on fire we bring in three different halls we got a half a dozen or more trucks working and it's cold outside and we start to have all these breakdowns you remember that i do i do yeah <laughs> he called me at about 10 o'clock that night and I was like, Greg, I know that you just started or whatever, but can you come down here and help us out? So kind of walk us through what you saw and how you felt that very first night. Well, I, uh, I showed up at the at the fire scene and there was people everywhere. There was trucks everywhere and everybody was just working real hard. And I simply didn't know where to start. So I kind of looked around and I was looking for somebody to give me some sort of guidance. I found you and you told me what you needed me to do. And then it was it was real clear what I what I was there for and. I just just went for it. I, I remember this motel is kind of sur uh, surrounded by other buildings. There's a couple of restaurants, gas stations, and stuff. And and I remember thinking, you know, I think we were still a little worried that there was some people in some of the rooms. Um, it's kind of an abandoned building, but the homeless were known to to be in these areas. And so we're trying to do all that stuff. And you walked in. I I remember it was a short conversation. I'm like, this is broke. That's broke. That's broke. Can you go work on that stuff? If you need anything, let us know. And you kind of give me that blank look, but smart enough to just walk out of the command post and get to work. And I don't think it was like 10 minutes later and a couple of the captains came over and said, hey, that was awesome. You know, Greg's here and he's already fixed this one thing and he's working on this generator <laughs> And I, I actually remember stopping in the middle of that whole fire and thinking, that poor bugger. <laughs> you know, we had, I think, a froze up ladder truck and we had all this stuff. And it was literally like in your first week or, or two, right? You, you weren't expecting me to call you in the middle of the night for sure. No, no, I wasn't. And so, uh, you know, it was fun. You got all the stuff fixed and figured out and came back and said, hey, I got a list of stuff that I got to still work on right later. But I got everything going for now. And so I was like, okay, sounds good. Thanks, man. You know, go home, get some sleep. And we'll see you tomorrow, which I think was your first day of doing overtime was the next day when you're inside. Yes, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> no shortage of that in your job, right? And so uh, it was kind of that cool baptism into, and at the end of that fire in the debrief, I remember everyone saying, hey, it was so cool that we got the maintenance guy down and he was fixing stuff on the fly. And, and so we hadn't really tried that much of that before. And so it was great to have you there and go uh, like that. So, you know, there's though that happens. Uh, you're in on the weekend fixing all that stuff. The you're trying to get the maintenance plan together, right? It kind of goes along, uh, and then we get I don't know. Let's just call it month four, month five, something like that. And we start looking at these big full day services or multi day services, 
right? I think you call them a sea level, sea level service, right? So this is not just an oil change and test this and test that, but it's a fire truck inside, outside, upside down type thing. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and so the first time we did that, how did you feel about that? Uh, well, I was a little intimidated. It was a lot of pieces of equipment. There was a lot going on, but I just looked at it as piece by piece. We'll get through it. And I just kind of went through it all and we stripped the truck of everything and I had all the guys were helping it. It was just working real good. Yeah. It was, it was nice to feel like I was part of the team and everybody was all pitching in and wasn't so scary at that point. I, I love it. Cause I mean, basically I grew up fire, right? I started early and had all this stuff and, and my kids, you know, started early, but what's it like when you come into this atmosphere, right? So if, if I was, if you were quizzing me on Cadillacs, you know, every part and what it does and what breaks down in the models and the types, what's it like when we flip that around on you and we say, Hey, the cutters are broken. The recip saw is broken. The it's a different world. It's uh, yeah, you go from, you know, working on all these high end things and to fixing small equipment, small, small tools, replacing stuff. And, you, you know, you, you always want to make sure that everything's going to work for everybody whenever they need it. So you really got to give it your all and make sure that you're doing it and you're doing it well. <laughs> so, so it just reminded me of so many stories in the early days, right? I, I would tell you all the time, like, don't worry about finishing anything today, right? Like, just make a list, work through it, because a million things are going to come up. And I don't think you believe me. <laughs> no, I didn't. I knew I've always felt like I could get to the end of a list. <laughs> so, so the list, you've never got to the end yet. No, you never will. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But or here's what you do. Like when you're in your last week, when you're going to retire, you just make a real short list and you just bang it all off, crumple it up and throw it away. And like, <laughs> yeah. There you go. The king's done here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, so many days. And, and I, I remember in the early days that I would actually feel bad for you and say hey greg like you know the car wash hose blue or this truck tire has a problem or and i would you know stick with you and help you out and we'd change hoses together or i'd drive you down to the tire shop with the truck at the end i mean of course as you get more experience and more time you didn't really i didn't get to spend that much time with you but i gotta tell you i was in your shop yesterday i think it was maybe the day before and i walked in and you're getting ready for spring obviously and there must have been 20 portable pumps laying around there yep yeah <laughs> and i thought to myself look at how far greg's come right from those first days to he's tackling 20 pumps at a time here now right yeah yeah it's uh yeah you just kind of build uh build a bit of a routine when you're servicing different things for different times of the year and and just go for it right and you're working on you know, you could be working on a Wajax pump and then somebody calls you and you're working on the 1965 barbecue parade truck. And then you're back working on a trailer because the brakes are gone and then a pumper ladder truck, you know. So as you build that network, how important is that to have people from across the country that you could call up and talk to? It's extremely important. There's nobody in the world that knows everything. But putting us all together and being able to to reach out for some help when you need it. It, it it changes the game. It really does. It makes things so much smoother. It's so much better. And there's no other department or, or service for fire services that is going to turn you down. They will help you no matter what, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. So that's really what you found. No matter who you call, you ask questions, they're going to give you the answers. And That's right. Right. And that's I really right. feel like that's part of growing up fire too, right? When you start in this business, 
people know you got to help each other, right? There can't be a bunch of secrets amongst firefighters. Uh, and that includes the maintenance guys, right? So it doesn't matter if it's the guy coming in to do pump testing, ladder testing, SCBA, right? The list could go on and on. The, the commercial vehicle inspections, the the pump testing, the right? It just, there's a million things that you got to take care of. I don't know how you keep track of it all. And every one of those things comes with a, a different person, personality. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And so, so let's keep going with the list. What uh, self-contained breathing apparatus, fill compressor. Yeah. Would be another one. Heavy hydraulics. Yeah. Would be another one that <laughs> oh, needs yeah. certification. So never mind. You got to change the oil and air filters and all of that. You have to do all this other stuff. Yes. There's a whole lot more to it than just pumping some grease into a ball joint or a tie rod and swapping out some filters you really gotta look at these vehicles like they i can't stress enough how much they gotta be right when they need to go so it's real important to just take the time and and look at every little piece check for air leaks look for your wiring let's see if there's any upcoming issues you can see perhaps there's something rubbing and you need to add a little soft protection like there's there's lots of things you gotta look at right on so so to be like most of the people that listen to this are firefighters, right? So we're, we, we look at the big shiny red side of this, white, yellow, whatever color our trucks are. Uh, we're in the cab, right? We'll drive them hard, put them away wet. There's no doubt about that, right? Um, they're big diesel engines. So we we crank them up, drive them hard, bring them back, park them right away, turn them off. All things that I know when you first started, you'd be like, are you kidding me with this stuff, right? So, so what are some of the things? Why do firefighters wreck so much stuff? What's going on? Have you figured out any of that yet? Well, I don't exactly know why. I have a theory, though. I think my theory is just that they're they're they have a plan, they have a job to do, and they don't care so much if if this gets broken or that gets broken because potentially they could be saving a life, saving a home, saving a memory for somebody. Which those things are way more important than just a a, a pair of pliers or something that got damaged or you know something to that effect. Right on. That's what lets you sleep at night. That, that's, that that's, you hope that that's what it is. And yes, that's what I hope it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's funny because, I mean, we've had this conversation so many times and we would love to figure it out for you folks. We're, we're not going to today. So if that's what you're waiting for, sorry. Um, I don't think anyone knows why so much stuff gets broken. I mean, other than, you know, it starts cold, gets put away fast, hot, you know, um, and uh, it never really gets all the attention that it's supposed to. Right. Different, different trucks, different things, right? So you have some trucks that go hard in the spring for wildfire season. You have some, you know, anything that's going hard 30, 40 below, probably just those are dreaded days for you, I got to guess. Absolutely. The colder it gets, the, the more things tend to start failing. You bet. I mean, every fire I've ever been to, 30 below and colder, we basically got to have you on standby waiting for us to limp everything back, thaw everything out, try and get it all fixed, right? Yeah, you bet. You bet. And it could be something simple that could really take a truck down. So it's really, again, you got to look at the trucks when they come back and you got to spend the time with them. It's, it's the only way you're going to find anything is by digging in. You know what? I, I love that because I think for when I started my career, worked for a crash maintenance guy. So if it wasn't broke, we weren't fixing it and we didn't do a lot of preventative course that changed as we went through the the years um and now you know i look at these there's lots of fire departments out there that have a great preventative maintenance program and i think they don't get the breakdowns and they don't but with the preventative maintenance program comes the cost yes yes right? and so we get that upfront cost versus 
the back end, right? And so sadly, and I don't know how this really works, but in the political realm of things, it's almost easier to get money and forgiveness for broken things than it is to get the money up front to make sure we don't break them. Yeah, it, it does seem to go that way most times, but uh, preventative maintenance will save a lot more money in the long run. Spending a little now gets you a lot down the road. So, so real quick, just so everyone knows, kind of break down a maintenance plan. So you got you got a year calendar sitting there. What has to go on it? What's what's going on with that? Uh, well, as you know, I I look at all types of vehicles that we have, from pickups to tractors and skid steers and the big trucks, and you know, so it, it does vary between the equipment and how much use it gets. But when it comes to the big trucks, you really gotta have a hard look at them every six months. You gotta really get into them and give them the full chassis service the the oil changes you know, change all your filters check everything check your brakes have a real good look at every little bit and piece of those vehicles at least every six months and as they come back from a hard call or wherever a hard road they they had gone down the guys are real good with telling me while we were doing this this happened or while we were doing that that happened which is awesome for me that i don't have to go and try to find these things on my own the guys are telling me it saves so much time i can just get right to it so, so reminds me of that scene from days of thunder here mechanic i know you watch the show tom cruise is talking to the mechanic right and he's saying i don't know what you're talking about put a wedge here what right and I feel like that that's you every time. You're talking to these firefighters and you're talking about mechanical issues, right? And 99 out of 100 of them have virtually no idea what you're talking about, right? So is that a bit of a frustration when you're a maintenance guy and you're trying to, or is that just an opportunity to teach? And uh, Well, for me, I, 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 don't, I don't see it as, uh, as frustrating or anything like that. I've always felt like I've done a good job at communicating with the customers when I worked, I worked in the dealerships. I've, I've always found, found that if you just really pay attention to what they're saying, you can kind of figure out exactly what's what. And then it's easy to inter interpret that and then give it back to them so they understand what you're trying to say on their level. Right. So, so for me, I'll tell you, I definitely felt like you did that for me. Right. Um, you know, some of the you wouldn't just say it's this and this and it costs this much you'd actually walk me through it, right? At least till my eyes glazed over and then you'd kind of, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's this much, go, go back to work, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but but you also had this awesome opportunity to to mentor a young guy. So so Cruz McGregor, right? I wish he was here, I should have invited him. And you know, he's in there, he's working in the shop with you, right? So he's working with the Fire Smart guys. He's working through rap, um, you know, doing the mechanical stuff with you. And I watched that young guy. I mean, he was fearless. He would rip anything apart um, and then struggle to get it back together. And he kind of went from that over the years to he was fearless. He'd rip it apart and he could actually put it back together. So what was that like? You know, that chance that you get to mentor those young people. It's That's an amazing thing. It really is. You get to help mold a person to what they want to do. And what they want to learn and you look at their strengths and their weaknesses and you and you figure out where they need the most help and you start kind of going in that direction it's an amazing thing to really watch them mentally grow that way uh, i actually really enjoy being able to do that i have another student now that's uh just kind of learning and uh it's it's a wonderful opportunity for them and it it's one of those feel-good moments for me
Right on. So great program. I hope other people are taking advantage of it across the country because um, it's important, right? It's Absolutely. getting those young people interested, not just in firefighting. That's important for the fire side of it, but in, in your job, the maintenance uh, part and, and mechanicing, you know, when Cruz went on, he's going to end up being a mechanic, which is great. Um, we're also going to get him back in the fire service one day, I'm sure. Right. So it'll oh, yeah. just be that much better of a person for us. Um, what, what do you love about working with firefighters? You know, which question comes next, but what do you love about working with firefighters? I would have to say that, uh, the best thing for me is, is that it's such a, a, a well-built team environment. Everybody is there for everybody. We're all kids. We could tell each other anything and feel good about it. You know, I know that we're all going to give each other good advice and always going to be there for each other. So I, I would say it's the the real good, strong team environment is what I really enjoy the yeah. most. So it doesn't matter what's going on, how bad a day it was, what they broke, whatever. You just get over it and work together. And right. So you could talk about your personal life. You could talk about work. You could talk about challenges. Absolutely. For sure. I, I agree. Right. And uh, I, I always wondered, I guess, if you felt like that was a big part of it for you. Happy to hear that it is. So now, of course, we won't say what do you hate about working with firefighters because that's a strong word. But what do you? What are the challenges about working with firefighters? I would say the biggest challenge for me is after a call where several things have have been broken, and it's just all of a sudden you get a you get a group of people coming over almost one at a time. So I guess not really a group, but this person will come to you, I found this or this or this, this happened. And just as they walk away, the next person comes over and then they're saying something and the next person comes and they're saying something. And I simply can't write stuff down that fast. Right. So it's, it's hard to try to keep it all straight in my head and get it all on a, on a notepad so that I don't forget because it can be a lot of information real fast. And it's that human nature piece, right? Yeah. I mean, we've told firefighters across this country, you got to have a process. If it breaks, write it down, right? Put it in a certain place. When it's fixed, it'll go back on. And, and they'll give you and, and people just can't believe that this is true right well no i just tell somebody that's broken and right it's like you ever hear the story about the magic coffee table with the with the husband and the wife you ever see that on facebook or any of those places i don't think i have so like the guy is just telling his wife he's explaining it like it's real you know uh, yeah you just leave your dishes on this coffee table and then poof in the morning you wake up and the dishes are all gone and you throw your dirty clothes on the floor here and poof, in the morning, you know, they come and they're all done and they're folded and back in your drawers. And 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 so you call it the magic coffee table. And, and uh, of course, the wife's like, I'll choke the life out of you, right? And so <laughs> I always think that, you know, your, your shop, there's that one bench in your shop. It's kind of like the magic bench, right? You put broken stuff on there and then all of a sudden somebody fixes it. And miraculously, it's back on the truck. Yeah, yeah, I can I, I totally see that. <laughs> so you'll have to get a sign, magic bench. Yeah. Right. So again, important that everybody, you know, I would always say that if you break it, own it. Right. It sucks that you broke it. It sucks that it broke while you were using it. Maybe it's your fault. Maybe it's not. But we got to get to the bottom of it. Right. We got to figure out what happened. We got to make sure it's fixed. And we got to make sure it doesn't happen again. That's right. And so, you know, it's, it's uh, that's why you were so critical in all that. Right. I mean, I could tell it sucks. Right. Oh, I got to go tell the chief something's broken. Right. So it was nice to have you as that buffer. Right. Um, but I'm sad to hear that that's still how it works. Everybody comes running up to you saying, can you fix this? Can you fix that? And of course, everybody's top priority is their whatever they're working on. Right. So you, you get the guy that just split the garden hose and you're trying to work on the generator for the frontline truck. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you definitely have to prioritize and uh, what has to be ready has to be ready and what can wait sometimes has to wait a week, maybe longer, depending on how busy things get. Yeah, I feel like you must play the priority game at like champion level most days. I, I try. I definitely try. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not easy. Okay, so let's move on. So so what's Greg's perfect day? I mean, other than nobody broke anything today, right? How does Greg's perfect day at work start after that? Uh, my perfect day would be I uh, show up and uh, just start doing my thing, fixing this, fixing that. I don't get hurt. Everybody's having a good day, having some laughs and excuse me, we all go home at the end of the day feeling good about things. That's that's probably a perfect day for me. So so having some laughs, I'm glad you brought that up. Yep. Because I think, you know, you play that game at a champion level too. <laughs> you guys all like to play some jokes on you, and right? But you had a surprise Ow. visitor the other day and I wanted to, we won't name names and it's not that important, but you, you had a surprise visitor in your office the other day, um, you know, a, a longtime firefighter that came back for a visit. I was just wondering how that visit went. Oh, that that uh, that was a quite an interesting visit. As I uh, as I went into my office in the morning in the morning, and he was sitting in my second chair in my office, and uh, he was naked, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and very quietly said, "Hello, Greg. Did you miss me?" <laughs> as I flipped uh, the light on, <laughs> you know, it's so wrong, but it's so funny all at the same time, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, and and you'd have to understand that you know you and these guys are playing jokes on each other constantly, right? So Absolutely. It's uh, it, to be fair to him, he wasn't completely naked. <laughs> no, 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 no. But uh, you know, those are the kind of jokes that I love. I remember them. They, they locked your whole office up one day, and and you couldn't even get into your own office. Yep, yep. And uh, the first the first prank they ever pulled on me was probably the best one yet. <laughs> I'd come in in the morning and everything in my office was gone. Computer, the telephone, printer, paper, pens, all of it, <laughs> gone. And there was just an extension cord coming out of my office and I just kind of followed it along and it went all through the hall, through the shop area, and down the hallway in the offices, right to the ladies' bathroom where my nameplate was on the door. So I open the door and there's my computer, my printer, the telephone, the Rolodex <laughs> on a table. The toilet was my seat, fully functioning office in the bathroom. Ready to go. <laughs> Ready so to go. It was a long day, but you didn't need any bathroom breaks. You were, you were that, able to get that done. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so I think, you know, to me, that all helps make up the perfect day, right? Uh, those are those jokes that um, kind of break up all of the, the hard, crazy pieces. Um, you know, when things do break or there is challenges. I know you just finished a long stretch. Uh, one of the trucks broke down, had a significant breakdown. And and uh, I mean, I visited you probably five or six times in that stretch and you were working on wiring, I think was the, the last big challenge, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, there is probably a thousand pounds of wiring in most of these trucks. There's a lot of wiring. And, and I think people don't get that, right? I mean, it's fancy now. It's got computers and nodes and, right, uh, you know, nine miles of wire. And I always make the joke about cut the red one every time I walk in your bay, which I'm sure you roll your eyes at every time. But <laughs> it's, uh, you know, the trucks today, right? And you and you work. So you work on the 1965 barbecue truck, yep. which has about 14 feet of wire in the whole truck. Yeah. Right? All the way up to today's, let's call it squad 161 or the ladder, the aerial apparatus. So, so what's that like? Like, what's it like having to work on 
you know, the 14 feet all the way up to nine miles of wire? Uh, well, it's it's uh, it's very challenging and time consuming, uh, but again, that this sometimes this is a situation where you might reach out to to somebody like uh, one of the guys at Seahawk. They're very good at helping me with stuff like right. that. And uh, they, they also have resources of their own. If they don't have the answers, they might be able to put me onto somebody else or- The actual manufacturer. The actual manufacturer, okay. uh, absolutely. And then you start dealing with them and, uh, and they're all, again, it's all great people. And you, you, you find that you do get to the, uh, the root cause eventually. You give it your all and you push hard, but it's not an easy task when there's you know, four inch bulk harnesses of wire running front to back in the in the frame rail. It's a lot to deal with. I, I always was super calm and collected and, and uh, understanding when it was about wiring. I used to coach this hockey team and, and run the senior men's hockey and we had our own bus. And one day someone uh, there, I can't remember, I think it was a speedometer was out and they said, well, it's probably just a fuse. It's an old bus, so check it out. And there's a panel right by the door. And if you open it up, um, there'll be a fuse in there. And so of course me being naive as I am about mechanical stuff, I opened up this panel thinking that there'd be, you know, half a dozen fuses or, or a, you know, fuse bus bar there. I opened it up, man. And there, I, without a word of a lie, there had to be 50 different types of, fuses in there, breakers in there, circuit breakers. Um, it looked like the most elaborate bomb anyone had ever. And I literally just closed the side door, shut it, went and bought a GPS unit that we could plug in that would give us the speed of the bus. <laughs> <laughs> and we never did tackle that issue because, and so every time someone would say, you know, on the fire truck, it's, you know, this light's not working. Or, and I would always think it's not just that. It's going to be some other crazy amount of things, right? And until you go and see how they build a fire truck, till you've been to the factory, you just really can't understand the volume of things that go into those trucks, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So we have all those electronics and that kind of leads us up to that. You know, what are, what are some challenges? What's, what's coming up? Apparatus, equipment, you know, there's so many new and cool things out there. Um, you know, what, what do you think? What, what are some of the challenges we're going to see? Well, I, I think a lot of, as we move more and more towards the electronic future that we're going to, a lot of the challenges I think are going to be up and coming is just learning these, these new systems and having the devices to be able to diagnose and take a look at, say, whatever circuit is giving you a problem or whatever device is acting goofy at that time. Uh, there, there's going to definitely be some some learning coming up in the future with uh, the way that things are going. Being able to control things on the pump side of things now with uh, with your smartphone is a little bit intimidating. The SAM system, yeah, you bet. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's going to take a little learning, but um, it's okay. I, I enjoy the challenge very much and uh, I'm up for it. You know, the city of Los Angeles got some electric fire trucks coming. Yeah, that's uh, that's gonna that's gonna have some challenges for a place like here where we live, uh, especially in the colder temperatures. We all know what cold does to batteries. So yeah, we're definitely gonna have some uh, some unique challenges to our terrain that we deal with here when it comes to electronic trucks. 
Right on. It, you know, it's always so funny to me, like in Slave Lake, it, you know, it's it's one of my favorites. It's a special place for me. Uh, and you talked about it. You got tractors, you got uh, skid steer, you've got uh, UTVs, quads, um, fire trucks, every, almost one of every kind of fire truck, you know, pickups, SUVs, right? You got the training center that you got to take care of as a maintenance guy, uh, the fire hall, the new equipment that's coming in. Um, and so let's kind of pick on the training center for a second, because I feel like that must add to the broken equipment inventory pretty heavily. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. Fortunately for me, we don't get to use it all year round. So it gives me a bit of, of a break from that during the winter months. But uh, as soon as spring hits, yeah, it's all hands on deck in the training center. And uh, we're, the guys are, again, they're really good at showing me things that they come across, and which is great. It saves so much time and, and effort. But yeah, there's, there's, uh, there are a lot of unique challenges out there, things that uh, the guys want to do to stay on their toes and keep their training at, at a level that's beyond what you could ever imagine. So I try to support them in whatever they need, and I try to get it done. And uh, things that I see that are frequent breaking things or things that are cost, uh, like they're not cost effective, I try to come up with some sort of different way to, to achieve the same thing at a, at a reduced cost. You're a champion at that. You know, Greg, jack of all trades, master of all folks, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> the, uh, you know, you're in there one day and, and you're welding. The next day, I feel like you're an electrician. You know, the next day you're a plumber. You know, <laughs> and, yeah. And through yeah. all of that, you got to be a mechanic, right? Absolutely. Um, and and not just a mechanic, but you might be working on heavy hydraulic tools that have ten thousand psi in the hoses. You might be working on self-contained breathing apparatus, compressors, or and and so you know, it's mind-boggling to be from the outside and to look at how many times you got to change gears in a day, how many times you got to change directions in a day. All right. And then you start to multiply that out five days a week, six probably in the summer, um, month after month, year after year. I don't know how you do it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you, you just got to be able to be ready to switch gears anytime it's required. You got to be able to be flexible and and just be on your game as much as you can every single day. Just keep it going, eh? Yeah, just you got to keep it going. <laughs> awesome. So you're working with these guys in the fire hall, on the fire trucks. You're out in the yard. You're out in the training center. Do you ever say to yourself, hey, maybe I should be a firefighter? No. <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm not that guy. I, I'm the guy running out of the burning building going, <laughs> fire's in that corner. <laughs> I'm not the guy running in with the hose going, I'll get it. But uh, no, it's not for me that uh, being a fireman is a, is a kind of a scary thing for me. I don't uh, think that I would ever be able to be comfortable in that sort of environment. I'm quite happy staying on the outside of the buildings. Being the backup man. That's how it always started, even right from the beginning for you. You were the, hey, I'll just support the team and keep everything going and you guys do your thing and... Right. Just yep. awesome. And, and I mean, you are that. I mean, you're also the resident mechanic advice giver for every single person that's in the whole place. Right. I mean, I, I don't remember a day that went by where someone didn't say, hey, Greg, I got a shimmy in my uh, tire. What do you think that is? Or, hey, I got to change out this headlight. You know, can you give me some advice on that? Or, hey, after work, can I pull this in and and uh, we'll change out this fuse or whatever? Uh, you know, you're trying to keep the whole fleet going and you're trying to keep the whole fire department going. 
yeah that's that's uh yeah you gotta be you gotta be there for everybody and uh i think it all goes along with being that part of that team environment is yeah i'm i'm there for everybody for all their needs whatever they need i'm the man make make sure they're always there for you too you know the rest of us go home and have our pdsd issues and worry about different things and keep us up i feel like you flip and flop around in bed worrying that someone's breaking 161 or 122 or 111's <laughs> gonna spring a hydraulic leak again <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> the dogs are trying to calm you down while you're flipping all over the place yeah. <laughs> i i do have my my nights yeah <laughs> uh it's all good stuff so favorite fire trucks you got all kinds of different makers right um you know i love one brand more than another so but no pressure on you 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 pick the brand you love the best what do you love working on what do you love having and driving well i uh i really like i really like our unit 161 the squad truck okay it is the do everything be everything truck for any kind of call um it is very unique in every way, shape, and form. And the people that build that those trucks at Acres, they do an amazing job. They they really do. They know their stuff, and uh, and they're not shy to share information and help you along the way if you need if you need a little guidance here and there, which we all do, because nobody knows everything. But uh, that that truck for me, it. Um, it's a love-hate relationship. <laughs> love it, yeah. For sure. <laughs> I, 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 I love to work on that truck, but it hates when I touch it. <laughs> I fix something, and it's not long after something else is trying to fail on me. Sure. And, I mean, it's the number one truck out the door, right? So, you know, over 400 calls a year, that truck's going on them all. You bet. You bet. It's worked the hardest. It's, uh, yeah, for sure. What, uh, you know, how about aerial apparatus? You like working on those things or? Uh, I, I do, I do. I, I feel like there's still some stuff I, I need to learn about them, but uh, I, they are very unique compared to all of the other trucks because of their ability to have the, the ladder and, and all the heavy hydraulics. And it's got this big turret on the top. You almost feel like you're standing on top of an army tank with a giant ladder, <laughs> you know? The things that keep the maintenance guy going, eh? Yeah, yeah, you bet, you bet. What's Craig doing out in the parking lot? Leave him alone. He's running a tank today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not far off, right? You probably love to jump in the bobcat once in a while, or drive the tractor, or yep, yeah. Sometimes you just gotta you gotta take a moment to catch your breath every now and again, and it's like, okay, well, I know this isn't priority, but I really need to take ten minutes away from this to clear my head and get back to it. So then you jump into the tractor, or you you know you cut a little grass, or you fix a bit of roadway out back, and that sort of stuff. Uh, so there's there's always something to do. Even when you're you you need to have that break, you can get the break and still get something else done in the same time. Right on. You know how much I used to love that, right? Yep. The uh, getting out there and doing that stuff. All right. So, um, do you have any that are like your least favorite things to work on? Right. I know everyone's like, oh, please don't say our company name, but it's okay. It is what it is, right? There's stuff that's hard to work on and. I don't really have a least favorite. Okay. I, I just, I kind of all view them with their own challenges and uh, and approach them that way. That each truck has its unique challenges because they are built by different manufacturers and not every truck is exactly the same. They are built for the fire departments and what they need out of those trucks. So yeah, I really, I really don't have a, a one that I, I dislike the most. Perfect. 
I, I understand, right? Because you, I mean, you gotta. You probably do on any given day. It probably changes every single day depending how it's going. But I've had my days where there's been some <laughs> language. That's for sure. <laughs> so tons of fire departments out there that don't have any maintenance help. They're scrambling to keep it going. Maybe firefighters are doing it. Maybe the chiefs doing it. Maybe the the local public works mechanics doing it. You got any advice for those guys about preventative maintenance, maintenance programs, plans? Uh, preventative maintenance is is key if you guys can just stay on top of that uh, make sure you're you're doing uh, thorough inspections of the vehicles even if it even if you you're a busy guy and you can only take a, a fairly close look at something once a month if it's something that's not being used all the time it's good to take the time to to uh, to do that take a look at the brakes you know make sure your air tanks are de aren't depleting su super fast and you know check for leaks and hydraulic leaks of any kind or you, you know anything you can spot in the shop tackle it right away that way it's done it's over you can move on to the next and you know that that truck is ready for when the firemen need it nice nice so make a list check it off and yeah fix what needs fixing and uh, go from there all right it, it's critical i mean you know I, I work with fire departments all across western canada now and and uh, so many of them don't have a maintenance plan don't you know it's crash maintenance or you know we'll check out what we can um and not only is that not meet regulations but it doesn't help the firefighters right we have these catastrophic breakdowns and Oh yeah, oh it happens. You know, it it happens. We uh, we had a catastrophic failure um, uh, on on our squad truck one six one that really kind of made us all sad. That you know things things break no matter how much time and effort and love you try to give them. Eventually, they say no. Nope, I've had enough. Run. Yeah, right on. And and that comes from that, right? They're cold. We jump in it. We drive them hard. We bring them back. We shut them down, and they don't get all the love they deserve, right? So you know, for Greg King, folks, give your trucks the love they deserve. Give your equipment the love it deserves. Greg, thanks for being here, buddy. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. This was great. Episode fourteen. The King, Greg King, is here uh, talking about maintenance and all things maintenance. Thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoyed episode 14, Growing Up Fire. Check us out on social media at Chief Coots. Thanks for listening to Growing Up Fire today. Follow me on Instagram at Chief Coots to comment or send questions. We appreciate your support.